Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. This is Pastor Wright, and I'm very thankful that you are joining us today to listen and prepare for this coming Sunday and life beyond in His Word. Today, we will look at who Mary is. What did she do? Or more importantly, what happened to her? And what are the implications for us today? How are we to look at Mary And how are we to look at the Word of God, Jesus Christ, who still comes to us today? These are the questions that we will explore. Thank you for joining us. Greetings. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. We're looking at the fourth Sunday in Advent, which will be December 20th, and we have the readings, which consist of 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 11, uh, and verse 16. Then the epistle, that's the letter to the Romans, chapter 16, 25 through 27, and the gospel, St. Luke, chapter 1, 26 through 38. And, Vicar, I think this is interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the first time in Advent that we actually talk about something that happens for Christmas. (laughs) Because for for a while there, we were just focused on John the Baptist. Yeah, something that happens 30-something years after Jesus' birth. And so now we have the Blessed Virgin Mary. We have the Archangel Gabriel. We have the Annunciation, Jesus is going to be born. Dramatic event. Absolutely. Well, now think about this, though. If you saw an angel... How calm would you be? Well, every single time they show up in Scripture, they always have to say, do not be afraid. And yeah. I think there's significance to that. I, I, I agree with you. And i very impressed with the Blessed Virgin Mary because she doesn't run. She doesn't fall. She She's just there. And I always love all the paintings because she always looks so nice and happy. Oh, the angel showed up to talk to me. But here we have the Archangel Gabriel coming to tell Mary that she will have a child. And it will not just be a child. It just won't happen for no reason. This is going to be the Christ child, the Messiah, the one who will fulfill all the promises of the Old Testament. That's a lot of pressure. It it really is. And I love her answer. Her answer is really simple. And Mary said to the angel, this is verse 34, how will this be since I am a virgin? And of course, Gabriel explains it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. All the work of God is going to take place to fulfill this. And I think this is really important. So the salvation of all, period, doesn't come from anybody. It comes from God working. Yes. Now, he's going to use something. He's going to use people. Throughout the Old Testament, we have prophets uh, prophesying, preaching, so on and so forth, doing the work of God. Uh, Moses doing miracles, doing plagues. Just because he said the words, it's still God doing the actions. And I, I think that's significant. Oh, I, and yeah. I, it's, it's interesting. This is how God chooses to work throughout right. all of Scripture. Yeah. It, it's fascinating because there's no reason he has to work this way, uh, but he chooses to. He chooses to work through people. 
And nowhere is that more evident, more literal than with Mary. Exactly. And with that, you see that not only will she conceive, but everything that needs to happen will happen because he said so. Mm -hmm. And this isn't the father looking at the child because I said so. This is going to be done because I am going to work. I am going to do. And this is the way it's going to be. And Mary participates. And I think that's real important. She participates. I don't think she has this, oh, okay, I'm going to have a baby. Everything's going to be great. God said so. I think she's, there's trepidation, there's fear, but the fear and awe. Um, I mean, after all, the angel said so. Right. God said so. Uh, but it's apparent. I don't think she comprehends fully how this is going to happen. I mean, her first question, I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. And God says, don't worry, I'll take care of it. I think the angel says, uh, nothing will be impossible yeah. with God, which I know that we sometimes will will pull out of out of context and apply to our own random situations. But here, uh, that really is a promise to Mary. Um, I know this seems impossible. H- how can this be? But God's word always works. Well, even, you know, Isaiah, uh, his, my word does not come back to me void, but it does the purpose in which I sent it forth to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we can play on that uh, on two ways, because the word being Jesus is truly being sent out. Yes. <laughs> and it does not come back void. But the idea that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, my professor at the Fort Wayne Seminary, said that the the Blessed Virgin Mary actually conceives in her ear because of the voice of God through the archangel speaking to her. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought that was great. And he made the point, your faith is conceived through hearing. Faith Mm. comes by hearing. And I thought that was really neat. And again, going back to your statement, God works through things. He works through your ears to create faith an unseen thing that works and happens and motivates and does amazing things because God said so. Well, I would like to go back in the past, Mm -hmm. really far back in the past. In fact, I'd like to go to Genesis chapter 2. Whoa, you weren't kidding. (laughs) Yeah, going back to the beginning. So we have the creation. So God creates everything in Genesis chapter 1. But Genesis chapter 2 is a specific event in the creation story. It is the creation of Adam and Eve. So you have Adam and you have God. And I think, again, this is just huge. God speaks everything in creation except Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. He stops speaking, comes down, and literally plays in the dirt. He gathers up the dust of the earth breathes the breath of life, and man, Adam is there. And we see that Adam is given the Garden of Eden, but it's not good because he's alone. Right. He cannot fulfill what God told him to do, go forth and be fruitful and multiply. Well, he can't do this by himself. So God causes Adam to fall into a deep sleep, and he reaches into man, literally, and pulls out his side. I don't know what that is. Um, we say rib. I like the idea that uh, God takes a handful of <laughs> Adam's ribs because it's a spot that he misses. Mm. It's not just like a little floating rib, 
but it's a spot that misses. And literally, because Eve is comes from this rib, ribs, and um, it's the spot that completes Adam. Mm. And I, I just like that imagery that he's only full, he's only a full person, full being, whatever, with Eve, because yeah. they're 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 one flesh. So he causes Adam to sleep, pulls out his side pieces, ribs, and what's interesting is. In the Hebrew, it says, and God built woman. And I think that's really interesting because man is formed, woman is built. And when we think of uh, building things, of course, where do I think of buildings? Mm -hmm. Houses, churches, uh, other things. Sure. You need a plan. So you got a blueprint. You got an idea. You don't just throw things together and hope they stand and stay together. But you also need a foundation. So man, Adam, becomes the foundation of Eve, and she's built upon Adam. But what's really interesting, and I really like the imagery or the the symbol of a house. What's in a house? Well, it's family. It's life. Life happens in a house. Well, this really goes back to the the blessedness of women, Mm. that they are able to give birth. They house life. They are the building, so to speak, that the child is... Uh, created, um, conceived, grows, and we have life found in woman. Now, I really, really want to stress that the woman is not just there so that she can give birth, that um, this is one of the, the gifts that God gives. And we get to celebrate this, both men and women celebrate this gift, this uh, aspect of procreation, uh, of life being uh, produced. We are joyous that God gives us this gift. This doesn't mean that women are the means to that end. They participate in this life. Right. They receive this life. They are a part of this life. And I think this really shows that the Blessed Virgin Mary becomes a symbol of this because she houses the life, Mm. the life of the world, the life that we have, which is eternal life, which is the bodily resurrection, all the fulfillment we will get that has been given to us in baptism, in the words of absolution, in the life and death and resurrection of Christ. So the Blessed Virgin Mary really shows the fullness of what life is in the symbolism of the church. So we receive the life-giving words of God, really, the Word made flesh, we find them given in the church, in the church building. Yeah. And so I I just, I think that's neat to to make those connections and those dots. That's really deep, that's really heavy, um, but it brings up so much more meaning than just look at cute Jesus born and put (laughs) it in the manger. Because it elevates Mary Mm -hmm. in, in a good and a proper way. It's not that she's... Um, this super being now, God has found favor. And there's a reason. I don't know. I don't know why her, but God so chose to use her. He once again moves in and within creation. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really, really interesting idea. And I just want to go a couple directions with that, expand on some of the like deep things you said. First, you said that that Mary like symbolizes these things, symbolizes the church, symbolizes uh, life, eternal life mm-hmm. coming into the world. 
And I remember a conversation we were having before we started. Uh, can people symbolize things? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I think with Mary, especially as we're coming at this from a non-Catholic background, but with the shadow of Catholicism you know, still there, uh, we get a little bit uncomfortable talking about Mary this way. Can Mary symbolize yeah. these things? And I think the answer is yes, and really we have to look no further than how Scripture itself talks about people. Look at how it talks about Adam and Eve who get brought up as symbols mm-hmm. of things, specifically, you know, Paul talking about like the old Adam. Or an even better example, look at David. Yeah. Um, throughout the Old Testament, David's name is brought up at both as a literal historical person, but also as a as a symbol of God's like kingship and rule over his people, which like, is why Jesus is is said to be from the line of David. Right. I like the um, the term prototype. Mm, yes, that like he is uh, like this example before before right. the thing. Proto means first. Uh, the thing that comes first, the type after which what comes after is modeled. Um, no, I, I think that's great, and I think we're we're well within our bounds talking about Mary this way. Uh, we're not trying to elevate her, you know, to a status which the Bible doesn't, but we do want to talk about the kind of Im- importance of her. So I, I want to go to one of the other things that you said, uh, this idea that, like, life is coming through her, that God is coming into the world through her, that she is blessed. Uh, right after this account, we have the Magnificat, mm-hmm. uh, Mary's song that she sings. And in it, she says that, uh, from now on, all nations shall call me blessed. And I gave a lot of thought to that. Like, why is she, the, the, the blessed Virgin Mary is her full title. Why is she blessed? And, and, this, is, and this is kind of the, the conclusion I came to. She's blessed because God comes into the world through her. For that reason, we truly will and still do call her blessed because the Son of God came into the world through her. But the cool thing is that it doesn't stop there. That Mary does symbolize something because she becomes the prototype for us. She becomes the the first thing that becomes the type that we are. Christ came into the world literally through her. Christ now comes into the world through us, through the Holy Spirit. You mentioned that that faith is this conceiving through the ears that mm-hmm. your your professor talked about. We have received faith by hearing, and through that faith given by the Holy Spirit, we now once again bring Christ into the world to those around us. This is how Jesus has chosen to operate. God always works through means and through people. And now we are the people that that God works through, coming into the world through our sharing of the gospel, given to us through the conception of faith by hearing. And I think that's so cool. And Mary is the prototype of this. Mary is uh, the first of what we as as Christians, as followers of God, become. Yes. And... I like that you brought up the the Magnificat because not only does she say that she'll be ble- that she will be called blessed by all nations, you, you have to put the correct tone in that too, mm-hmm. and and you did it very well because it wasn't and I will be blessed, you know, like a, a power hungry <laughs> person, but she says this in humility because then you know I am his handmaid, right? 
It is a servant position who is receiving. And that, that, that's a faith statement. Um, I am going to receive this, and I am blessed because of his work. And again, putting that back into our context, especially as we continue to move closer to Christmas and simply closer to Sunday, you will be blessed because of his work that he continues to give to you, that he continues to work not only in you, but through you. And the divine service is a act where we're both receiving and giving. We're giving thanksgiving, we're giving praise, we're giving prayer. But what are we receiving? Absolution, the forgiveness of sins, uh, the encouragement and comfort of God's word. And so it's truly a two-way street, which is relational. And so we're blessed to have this, but we don't just passively sit in this. We work, we participate, we receive to respond, to act specifically to our brothers and sisters. And then so that the world can see that God is not a God far off, but active within his people and that he continues to work in and through. And I love that through part because we're, we're the body of Christ to be active. Yeah. And I think that just does wonders. And I, I agree that uh, Mary is this, this wonderful symbol of what we too can be and should be. And, and not in a guilty way that uh, God hasn't spoken to me through his angel, so I, I must not be favored. Well, spoiler alert, uh, that hasn't happened to, to us either. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, you know, it's the idea, wait, no, God does talk to me. He talks to me through the pastor. Mm-hmm. He talks to me through the hymnody, the liturgy, the Bible. And I need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is doing through those means. And, and there's a little kind of a, a, a off topic, just a little bit, but the idea that uh, we're always trying to conform God make God understandable. We want to put them in easily definable boxes. Mm -hmm. When we do that, we mess up. Yes. But when God does it, that's where we get to find him. Where did God say he will be found? In the clear and true preaching of scripture. Where will it be found? Where his word is given, where his works are given. We don't need to read into that. We don't need to... um, search high and low. That's what happens in church. Now, if your pastor's not telling you about Christ, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, And with that, we always go back to what does God promise to do? Deliver himself again and again and again, where he promises to be found. We don't really actually have to search for him. He's very clear at where he's going to be. And this text really, again, shows that the word of God Christ himself is coming into the world through means. Yeah. And he still does that today. In fact, um, the prophet Nathan actually goes and talks to David, and the Lord tells him, commands him to tell, to say this, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in the tent for my dwelling. And again, going back to the imagery of building housing, Mm -hmm. God dwells within the church. And it doesn't mean that he's only stuck to a single location. That's the promise of where he will be. 
And again, seeing that connection, will you build for me a house where I can be found? Well, he comes in the house that was built for him by himself, Mary, and he brings through that life so that we too can not only receive Jesus, but also find him even today after he's ascended, after he has done and completed all his work for our salvation. And we wait with great anticipation, that's your word for Advent, with expectation of his coming again. And so just with this excitement of all the promises of what he has done, is doing, and will do, that's our life. And that's the life that we have in Jesus, who has come into the world through Mary. Psalm 89, which is uh, signed for this Sunday. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Dear listener, that's exactly what we have. And that's what we get to do as the Lord continues to come and bless us. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Get Right for Sunday. I hope that this discussion has been interesting and beneficial for you. If you have any questions or would like to further this conversation, please reach out to us via email, getrightforsunday at gmail.com. Our Lord promises to come to us, and here at Holy Cross, you can receive what our Lord gives to us in and through our weekend services. We have one on Saturday at 6 p.m., and then two on Sunday, one at 8, which is also a live stream, and the other at 9.45. We will also have our Christmas Eve services, which will take place at 7, 9, and 11, with a Christmas Day service at 9.30. God's peace and blessings be upon you.